It's Wednesday, July the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, COVID-19 spikes across the world and McDonald's profits plunge. First, the world in brief. Cases of COVID-19 spiked in several countries that have hitherto coped well with the disease. Germany recorded 3,611 new infections in the past week. The head of the country's public health agency criticised Germans for being negligent in social distancing. And China announced 64 cases on Tuesday, the most since March. The majority were in Xinjiang, prompting concerns about the possibility of spread within the region's Uyghur internment camps. The Federal Reserve extended an emergency lending program designed to protect short-term funding and corporate debt markets from the effects of COVID-19. It will also offer loans to mid-sized businesses affected by the pandemic. The programme, which was due to end in September, will continue for an additional three months. McDonald's shareholders grimaced as they digested the fast food chain's worst quarterly earnings figures in 13 years. Lockdowns outside the core American market were largely to blame. Chris Kempsinski, the fast food giant's chief executive, said that drive through and delivery sales had cushioned the blow. The chain plans to close around 200 American outlets this year. Eastman Kodak, a firm best known for cameras and films, secured a $765 million loan from the American government to help start a drugs arm. It comes as the Trump administration looks to reduce America's resilience on foreign suppliers of pharmaceuticals. Meanwhile, reports suggested that Moderna will price its fledgling COVID-19 vaccine, currently undergoing stage 3 testing, at $50 to $60 a course for rich country governments, significantly more than its rivals. Pfizer, one of those rivals, reported a 32% drop in profit year-on-year year in the second quarter. Bosses blamed COVID-imposed restrictions on sales and marketing. The pharmaceutical Titan revised its expected revenues for 2020 from $48.6 billion to $50.6 billion, anticipating an easing of restrictions. Its analysis excluded potential profits from the COVID-19 vaccine it is developing with BioNTech, a German firm. Najib Razak, Malaysia's former Prime Minister, was sentenced to 12 years in jail and fined $49 million after being convicted on charges including abuse of power and money laundering. He still faces four more verdicts relating to his alleged involvement in the disappearance of billions of dollars from a state investment fund. Mr Najib remains free pending his appeals. The University of Hong Kong sacked Benny Tai, a tenured professor and a founder of Hong Kong's pro-democracy Occupy Central movement. Mr Tai was convicted last year for his part in peaceful protests that swept the territory in 2014. Mainland China's political office in Hong Kong said he was reaping the rewards of evil. Others decried the end of academic freedom. And editor's note. Our Checks and Balance newsletter presents the best of our coverage of American politics, along with exclusive analysis and data. Sign up to receive it in your inbox every Friday. Go to economist.com slash checks and balance. And now here's today's agenda. How low can you go? The Fed meets. The Federal Reserve is unlikely to change policy much when its meeting ends today at a critical moment for the American economy. Its Monetary Policy Committee last met in early June amid a nascent economic rebound supported by a falling COVID-19 caseload. Even so, Jerome Powell, the Fed's chairman, promised that interest rates would stay low indefinitely while the economy clawed back ground. Infections have since soared and the recovery has faltered. 
pressure is growing on the Fed to do more. New monetary aid would mean experimenting with unconventional policies, like caps on long-term rates with uncertain effects. Meanwhile, the future is shrouded by unknowns. How bad will the pandemic get? What extra fiscal stimulus will Congress approve when several programmes lapse at the end of July? Mr Powell will know more by the Fed's next scheduled meeting in September. By then, the need for more monetary stimulus could be all too clear. Tsunami of Inc. Big Tech Goes to Washington A wave of big tech news starts rolling in today. At a congressional hearing, the chief executives of Alphabet, Google's parent, Amazon, Apple and Facebook will face lawmakers' questions. It will be the first time they have to appear together in Washington. Tomorrow, all four companies release their quarterly results, also a first. The earnings calls were postponed to accommodate the hearing. Do not expect the bosses to say anything too exciting. The chief executives will appear at the same time and virtually, which is unlikely to make for bracing and unscripted exchanges, although there is talk that they will be confronted with some smoking gun slides showing that the firms abuse their market dominance. By contrast, the financial results are likely to yield some interesting insights. They cover the first full quarter infected by COVID-19 and will show what damage, if any, it has done to the tech industry. After the horse bolted Wirecard's insolvency. Today, the Finance Committee of the Bundestag, Germany's lower house of parliament, will discuss the fallout of the spectacular collapse of Wirecard, the digital payment processing firm that filed for insolvency a few weeks ago. Faced with complaints that alleged fraud on an enormous scale remained undetected for years, the government is vowing to reform financial supervision. Last week, the Finance Ministry presented a 16-point plan to beef up the powers of BaFin, Germany's financial regulator, which would put firms such as Wirecard directly under BaFin's supervision. The bulk of Wirecard's business was regulated by the Upper Bavarian District Government. Olaf Scholz, the Finance Minister, and Peter Altmaier, the Economy Minister, will both take part in the Bundestag meeting. Opposition politicians argue Mr Scholz's plan does not go far enough. And the European Commission is discussing putting the EU banking supervisor in charge of fintech firms, rather than national regulators. What's the damage? European banks. The pandemic is sure to inflict heavy credit losses on Europe's banks. The second quarter earnings season just underway may reveal a little more about the likely bill. Busy trading in financial markets may at least help the investment banking arms of Barclays and Deutsche Bank, which both report today partially offset those troubles, as it did at UBS, which reported last week, and at Wall Street's giants. Yesterday, the European Central Bank asked euro-area lenders to pay no dividends and repurchase no shares this year, and to exercise extreme moderation in bonuses to preserve capital in the storm. Consultants at Oliver Wyman estimate that European banks will suffer 400 billion euros, 470 billion dollars in credit losses by 2022, with several years of weak earnings to follow. That roughly matches losses in the eurozone crisis of 2010 to 2012. That's bad, but bearable. It's far less than in the global crisis of 2007 to 2009, and these days banks are in sounder shape. A medical coup. Thailand's state of emergency. Thailand's cabinet is set to agree on a fourth extension to the country's state of emergency imminently, even though no new local COVID-19 cases have been reported in months. The military-backed government loves the opportunity to rule by fiat. But Thailand's students want the ageing generals gone. 
They demand the resignation of Prayut Chan Ochad, the army chief turned prime minister, an end to killings of anti-monarchy activists and a new constitution. The current one is practically unamendable and makes government by the royalist military establishment permanent. The government's strategy of defeating the virus at all costs has been relatively successful. But the economy is cratering. GDP is set to fall by the most since records began. Key economic policymakers have resigned. Tourism has collapsed. Levels of household debt, inequality and poverty are all rising. The virus may bring forward an economic and political reckoning. Or it may just trigger another cycle of street protests, elections and coups. Finally, here's the quote of the day from J.R.D. Tata, who was born on this day in 1904. If you want excellence, you must aim at perfection. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.